0: we're about halfway through our readings from the saint paul's letter to the romans this is chapter eight What saint paul says to us is that there's a there's a law of the spirit which leads to life and there's a law of the flesh that leads to death and the spirit St. Paul speaks of the spirit, the Holy Spirit. Those who are led by the Holy Spirit are led into eternal life. And those who are following the urges of the flesh, following the spirit of the world, will lose in the end, will not attain eternal life, but it will lead to their death. And St. Paul is very clear when he says, but there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, for those who are led by the Holy Spirit. There's no condemnation, for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has freed you from the law of sin and death. He's very clear here. He speaks of those who embrace Christ, who have received him into their heart and to follow the path that the gospel speaks to us, you know, instructing us, guiding us, then it will lead us, it will lead us to salvation. It has given us the freedom. It has given us the freedom to be truly sons and daughters of God. But then he goes back and he says, because the, the reason for it is this, is that God who has sent his son, he died for us and he gave us the power to withstand the trials and temptations within us. He gave us the power. And so he's asking us to live in that spirit, the spirit of God, allowing the Holy Spirit to form and guide us. Because otherwise what happens to us, we, there's such a no neutral position, then otherwise we kind of fall into the patterns of what is known living in the world of the flesh. And you know, even though he does not articulate here in the letter to the Romans, but St. Paul speaks of this in the letter to the Galatians, he uses the same. He almost is very similar type of pattern of reflection. And he says, so I say, walk by the spirit. This is from Galatians five, walk by the spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit, and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. And they're in conflict with each other. So that you are not to do whatever you want, but if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. So therefore you don't have to experience the consequences of law. See the difficulty with us, especially when we live in today's world, is that people say, well, I follow what's natural my inclinations, my desires was natural, you know? So they say, why, well, I have to kind of, you know, go against what, is, what I feel like is natural urges and desires. The problem with what today we call natural is not natural, the way God gave us this gift of nature. It's a natural as a result and consequences of our sin, rebellions against God. And so that's what feels natural, but actually there's disorders in this nature because sin created disorder within us. Once we rejected God, once we rejected, you know, the spirit of God from within us, within us, that God gave us, then we we are off balance. We can't see it. Just look at someone who is addicted to something Uh, you know, the urges is is for that person, whether it's alcohol, whatever it may be, drugs, urges there, it's a chemical dependency of some sort. So what happens now, the body is off. Yeah, there's a natural desire for that, because whether it's because of chemical, whatever you call, imbalances, whatever it may be, there's a desire, but we know that this is off. That's why you have AA meetings, you have all kinds of things, all kinds of help, detoxification things, because this is not normal. When it comes to moral life, it's the same way. There's a a type of things which drag us, and we are off balance. And so therefore, what feels natural is not exactly natural. It's because of due to disorders. And St. Paul would say something like this, the acts of the flesh are obvious, immorality sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery. Then another group called idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions and envy, drunkenness, orgies and the like. And so he he lists the the things which seem to be, well, it's part of my nature. But the problem with that is actually it it destroys us. These are things because of the, of the of the sin. And so, you know, it's the jealousies, it's the witchcraft, it's the hatred, it's dissensions and selfish ambition, self, selfishness as we know, envies, debauchery, idolatry, immorality, all those things which they seem to drag us. And so therefore, St. Paul says to us very clearly that for those who live according to the flesh are concerned with the things of the flesh or the desires of the flesh, and those who live according to spirit with the things of the spirit. And so 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 Saint Paul understands human nature quite well. But but the fact is this that he says there's no power within us. You know, we may have all kinds of programs, you know, which can can be helpful, but he says ultimately is the power of grace. The power of grace. It's the love for one another. Where we out of love for each other, we help each other. We warn, we instruct, we guide, we send them out for to the detoxification programs, whatever it may be. It's 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 the thing is the love. Is that this is the law of the spirit, the love, care that we care for one another, and this is the the gift that God gives us. God gives us in His Son is the gifts of the Holy Spirit, ability to see clearly, to understand what the difficulties are, what the problems are. We can see and and see a way of out of this but ultimately it is because of the love that we have, the love of God that is given to us and we're able to help one another. And no one is is beyond, um, number one, no one's beyond help, but no one is also completely freed from sin because all of us have inherited the original sin. So we may not have as obvious sins. could be more secret sins. could be a selfish pride, whatever it may be that may not always appear. It could be considered, well, this is, you know, his drive, his wishes. You know, sometimes people speak of, of, you know, of spirituality. You know, today is more commonly, you know, people reject religions for the sake of religious, especially Christianity, for the sake of some form of spirituality. The problem is what type of spirit do we follow? What type of spirit it is? Is a spirit of the world, spirit of flesh? What is it? What type of spirituality is a new age, some things of power over nature through you know through astral, you know, whatever you wanna call, you know, idolatry of some, some form, but it is. So that's why we, we, we have to be always careful about, I'm spiritual, but I'm not really religious. Spiritual, you know, ultimately, what type of spirit do you follow? And this is a question that God would ask us. Does it really lead to life? You know, sometimes we can say, my spirituality is kind of follow nature. It can be, I mean, people can, you know, have, you know, earth, Gea yeah, spirituality, you know. Uh, you know, we can, we can do anything we wish. However, does it lead to life? Does it lead to life? Does it really lead to freedom? Does it lead to, to, to a life of harmony? Does it really lead to a life of love? You know, the type of love that God has given to us. And so this is when St. Paul, is, is pretty clear, and he says, you know, he says, but you're not of the flesh, you don't live in the flesh, you're not only flesh, you also have spirit. And so St. Paul reminds us that God has given us the way he created us, He said, he created our bodies, yes, but he also created our soul. He also created spirit within us, which can be joined together with the Holy Spirit. So this is where he speaks of the power, the power that we have and the power of the ability we have to overcome. And because then if you live in the spirit, then there's no law, there's no condemnation. There's no consequences to to this type of sin because Jesus already freed us. So if we join together with him, if we are close to him, then we will experience that protection and grace. And as, as a matter of fact, it's possible. As you know, the, the AA groups, all kinds of uh, anonymous support groups. What do they do? They care for another, they love. It's basically biblical. You know, even the AA came as a result of of, of Ignatian retreats, Ignatian approach to to life. I mean, this is, we choose God first. We acknowledge our own brokenness. And what do we do? We say, I can't do it myself, wishing wishing to to, uh, live. and and receive that that greater power. We can't say God anymore because we wanna have freedom. However, that's what it is. What is the higher power? It's God himself. He's the only one who can help us. And so this is why St. Paul says, if the spirit of the one who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, the one who raised Christ from the dead, he will also give you your mortal bodies, immortal life through his spirit that dwells in you, you shall possess the fullness of life." Okay, so it's pretty, pretty clear. So therefore, uh, the invitation from this first reading is that, that, that we accept the truth about ourselves, that we accept that there are laws within us, as Saint Paul says, the old Adam is still within us. That's why I choose the things which I don't want, but I don't choose the things which I know I should. You know, there are all kinds of resolutions we make at the beginning of the year, maybe throughout the year, and we seem to admit it. We choose a resolution, we fail even more. You know, sometimes people tell me, I say, I, I'm gonna, I'm not gonna do this, and I'm tempted to it even more. Because of that law, Saint, Saint Paul says, the law of, of sin, that law of disorder within us, because we have chosen to follow the voice of the tempter rather than God. And this is where the blindness comes. And St. Saint, Saint Paul said at the beginning of letter to, Saint, to the Romans, he says, because we have chosen idols, therefore we are blinded more and more. And all the immorality and all the other things that follow is because we have chosen you know, um, you know, uh, to follow this, this, this type of blindness, which comes from not choosing God, as you know, that's sin creates blindness within us and repeated sin blinds us even more. And repeated sin also creates this justification within us. We justify ourselves because we know there's something not right. So we say, okay, well, you know, this is, I'm only human, I'm only weak, I'm only this. And we can do that. And of course we feel that because we know this. However, the reason we do it, because we look at God and look at the truth and we have to come up with something that will help us, is sort of on a level of our own conscience, you know, that we, that we were trying. And yet, I have to say this, <clears throat> the Lord is the one who justifies us. He knows who we are, we don't have to justify. This is why he, Jesus said on the way to the cross, Father, forgive them, they don't know what they're doing. The Lord knows, but the only thing that he's asking us, call upon me, I'll help you. Call upon me. I will give you the grace. Cry out to me sometimes because there's no other reason. You can't even think through things. Just cry out. You've got to help me. And I know that the Lord will help us. When we cry out of all our own misery, our own difficulties, And the Holy Spirit will be given to us because every prayer that we utter, even if we don't seem to receive right away the graces, the Holy Spirit is given to us. So we know that. So and so the so that we prepare ourselves for the grace to, to be received. But sometimes the Lord is asking us to cry out more than once, because that means if we cry out more than once, that means we're very serious. If we cry out for a month or two or even a year, it's even more serious, because we know that our brokenness is so great. The Lord will grant us the grace. I am. I'm, there's no. There's no no uh, reason to doubt the Lord promises where two or three are gathered in his name and ask for whatever the Lord will grant him. The Lord will grant even if we have to wait, you know, some time, maybe even longer time, maybe even a couple of years, but the grace will be given. The second aspect today is the gospel itself where the Lord is, is saying to us, beware of the time you do not know when the Lord, the time will call you. Beware of the time. And it's like the examples which which the people told Jesus, Jesus, look what Pilate did. For some reason, you know, Pilate was brutal, as you know. Uh, and and for some reason, uh, they came to a to a part of worship service, but maybe they were demonstrating or something and he wanted to eliminate any form of rebellion and he killed them, you know, the, the blood, whose blood uh, Galileans, uh, whose blood Pilate had mingled with the blood of sacrifices. The Lord is saying that these people are giving the examples, but the Lord is saying, we do not know the time. The time is is extremely precious. Today is a time for our conversion. Today is the time for turning to the Lord more fully because we do not know the time. And then, and then the last part of the gospel, it says with that parable of the, uh, of the fig tree what the Lord says to us is that he is merciful for three years. We have produced no fruit, even though we were gardened, we were protected, we were given all the things that we needed to produce fruit for three years. But but then says, well, you know, the the owner says, okay, cut this tree, it doesn't produce any more fruit. So th- why should it waste, waste, uh, you know, the, 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 the natural fruit? uh ingredients so cut it because it it's, there's no need for it and yet the gardener it's like the lord says no give him another chance give him another year take care even better put even more fertilizers you know cultivate the ground even better which means the 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 the, the, the god's mercy here is manifested that even though he wants us to know that, that we may not be ready. We've tried and you know, all the grace has been given, but it seems like this fruitful, fruitless uh, type of effort. But, but then the Lord says, give another year, showing how merciful he is towards us. And of course, this is symbolic language. For three years, we'll give another. And I think this is what the Lord is saying to us so the time is valuable you know as we approach the end of the liturgical year this is the week 29th or so tomorrow is going to be 30th and four more weeks and we have advent you know how quickly time goes by where did the year go you know uh, and I so many things we still had to do or we need to do and seems times is running out because eternity will come and the lord says you do not know the time so take advantage of each day. Thank you for being here. Thank you for participating because you are you. you came here. You chose, you could have slept in, they say Saturday, but you chose. Some of you have, sometimes they, you tell me you've driven for three or four hours from New Jersey or from New York or someplace else. And so you had to get up at three o'clock in the morning and you're here. Why would you be here? Why? It would not make sense, but you're led by the spirit of God wants to refresh you renew you he wants you to to experience the new that gift that he has prepared for you and what did he prepare yes the gift of love his very presence his words the word of truth guidance what did he give you because you know his shrines uh, wherever they are this special places which God prepared for his people there are special places where the Lord touches people's hearts, whether through sacraments or through the very environment, whatever it may be. So the Lord wants to load you up with all kinds of graces. You're here because he wants to give you something special. And and that special is nothing less than God himself, the creator of the universe, He wants to give you himself through Jesus, in Jesus Christ, through his body and blood, through his word, how privileged we are. We can't even think, we can't even grasp, what God has prepared for those who love him. And this is what St. Saint, Saint, Saint Paul says, it's the spirit of God, God's spirit is given, who's able to transform the, the bread and wine into body and blood of Christ, who's able to transform our hearts, he's able to divinize us, it's what God can do. And God does, and wishes to do. He wishes to bestow everything. Remember that gospel where it says, "How wish that the fire that I have come to give, the fire of love, the fire of the Holy Spirit, I wish it would already emblaze the world. You know, he wishes to give these gifts to us. He wishes to introduce the civilization of love in the words of John Paul II, because that's what God wants from us. And so our participation in the life of the spirit will bring forth. What does the spirit do? The spirit is, brings what? Love, peace, joy, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Again, such there is no law, St. Saint, Saint Paul says, the same from the chapter five of Galatians. These are the fruits. This is what we desire, this is what we wish. The path by which we attain it is this extraordinary entering into that extraordinary communion with the love of God, extraordinary experiencing that 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 that, that very uh, environment of grace, so that we don't participate in the, in, the, in the path of this world, which has a spirit of the world we know. We see it all around us. We see it's all the brokenness. We see people struggle. So we need that strength, we need that wisdom, we need that mercy, we need, we need God's extraordinary reconciling and merciful love, because that's the only thing we can survive, and we can not only survive here, but live forever in eternity in the, in the paradise of His kingdom.
1: Are you a Marian Helper?